radio personality Deborah Honeycutt, revealing stories from the red carpet to parenthood on three hours of sleep. Doctors recommend eight hours of sleep nightly for proper brain function. Anything less can cause malfunction. Here's your host, Deborah Honeycutt. Hello, hello. Thank you for being here. Deborah Honeycutt on three hours of sleep. And this episode is titled Seven Things You Should Know, But I Didn't. And I know them now, but a little late. You know, my sisters and I were, were pretty sarcastic. And the older sister said, Oh my gosh, forget your podcast. You should have a podcast that we host together and it should be things Deborah doesn't know. So I compiled a list. Now, the list could probably go on to like 31 things that you should know, but I didn't. You only have so much time to listen. If you are just joining me, maybe for the very first time, I always like to mention outside of the podcast, you can also listen to me on the radio. And I would love for you to join my co-hosts and I and be a part of our audience. It's 95.5 WFMS and you can listen anywhere. So we have people that listen in Virginia. We have people that listen in Australia and Canada by streaming it through our website. We are on at six in the morning. So it's early, six in the morning, and uh, we go until 10 in the morning. And uh, we've been a team for 19 years, believe it or not. We have the best time. I love my co-hosts. In addition to that, I'm writing my first book, and I'm, I've been working on that more and more lately. I'm getting really excited because I finally feel like I'm actually going to finish this thing. I only started it a decade ago and would put it away and not really take it seriously until recently. Actually, I want to say hi to Amanda because Amanda, you messaged me a while back. It might have been at the very beginning of the pandemic. And I probably put something on on Facebook for the radio station for WFMS about the, the fact that I had more free time. Obviously, we all did. And she wrote on there, maybe you'll have time to finish your book. And I thought, she's right. That was my free time. So Amanda... I know you've listened to the podcast. You're the reason I pulled the manuscript out and started getting back to it. So I've been going to coffee shops or um, a Barnes and Noble that's nearby and I knock out some chapters. Most recently, I wrote one in the Kroger parking lot. Took 30, 40 minutes and I knocked out the Thomas Rhett chapter and it's done and I'm excited to share it with you. So more on that soon. If you want to get updates, by the way, and the first couple of chapters of the book, you can do so by going to Instagram, follow Deborah Honeycutt Media, and that's where you'll get the updates. Um, you can also get a couple of chapters for free and see what the book's going to be about. It's about the, uh, the first 25 years behind the scenes in country radio while parenting two young kids at the same time. So welcome to Deborah Honeycutt on Three Hours of Sleep. Like I mentioned earlier, today's episode, seven things you should know, but I didn't. Some of these things may be common knowledge to you. I don't know why they weren't to me. In fact, I just had lunch with my mother and I said, why is it I didn't know number one on the list? And when I shared it with her, she goes, well, I knew that. And I said, well, where was I in, in the learning process with that? And she said, your guess is as good as mine. But she said, maybe not everybody does. And maybe so. Maybe she's right. So number one on the list. Oh, by the way, I've got to use this because, you know, I pay for this each month. Three, two, one. Makes me official. <laughs> Not really, but that's my sound effect for the day. Number one on the list is cucumbers or pickles. How am I 48 and I've never heard that until in a feature that we use on the show called Can't Be Deb. I have never heard that. I eat both of them. I did not know, and apparently this is common knowledge, that pickles were originally cucumbers. I mean, my co-host acted like this was a, a question as easy as what is the capital of Indiana? I have never heard this. So obviously I got it wrong, ended up losing. Putting them in a, a jar of what they called pickled solution, you know, vinegar, salt, the seasonings, 
and letting them marinate. Seriously, did you know this? You know, one recipe I read called for letting it marinate for five days and you go and you shake the jar at least once a day where it transforms your food. And then after five days, guess what? Your cucumber is a pickle. And maybe you're one of those people who does a lot of the canning. You know, my mom used to can green beans. I never saw this happen. And what you don't know, you don't know. Another recipe I saw, put them in the jar with the quote, pickled solution. And five hours later, you got yourself a jar of pickles. Five hours. How is it you can eat a cucumber in the morning and in the evening you're eating a completely different thing? You're eating a pickle. Who knew? Not me. So one of the seven things you should know, but I didn't. You know, I'm 48 and still learning. So there you have it. That's number one. Okay, number two on the list. Are you ready for this? Number two is best in show. Know the phrase best in show. I'm sure you've heard it before. I thought it meant something other than its actual true meaning. I'm going to give you a quick story. It wasn't last year because last year we had a pandemic, but every year I have a very dear friend and she hosts an annual cookie exchange. And if you don't know this about me, I love to bake. And so she has this cookie exchange. And, and so one year I thought, I'm going to do something really unique and different. And my sisters called me that day and what'd you do today? And, and I said, yeah, and I got best in show. What I explained to my sisters was it means kind of like a miscongeniality at a beauty pageant. You didn't get the top prize. That's what I thought. And they were laughing at me because they said, Deb, no, you won. And I said, no, I didn't. I didn't win. I got, I got like good, good effort. <laughs> That's the way I thought best in show was. Keep in mind, I was in 4-H for any of the baked goods that I made. I made banana bread and all of those things. They gave you blue ribbons if you got the top prize, but they didn't call it best in show. Not when I was in 4-H. I didn't know what best in show was. So I find it hilarious that I won top prize, but I left thinking I won. Oh, they, they liked it sort of. Do you know what best in show means? That is the blue ribbon. That's the champion. So here I am on the phone with my sisters, pulling out my phone, Googling what is best in show. And sure enough, they were right. I had no idea. And we laugh about it to this day. And of course, my sister was like, Deb, this is why I say we could have a podcast on things Deb doesn't know because I didn't know that. How do you win a cookie exchange, a friendly cookie competition, and leave there with a prize and not know you won? This is my life. So that's number two on seven things you should know, but I didn't. Okay, round of applause if you knew what Best in Show meant. Hmm. Pretty much all of you. And you know I'm kidding about the round of applause, right? But it sounds cool. So you're going to hear it anyway. Okay, so number three on my list of seven things you should know, but I didn't. I just discovered this during a summer family vacation. This was last month. I was singing along to a song that was playing in the car as we're driving down the road. And that song that everybody's heard by Vanilla Ice comes on the radio. Ice Ice Baby. Okay, not the best song in the world, but it was playing and I was in a good mood. And I was singing along. That song came out, I think, in 90. I think my husband said it was a 90. I might be wrong on that. You can look it up. But if 90 is correct, it's been 31 years that I have sang the song incorrectly until last month. I have always sang Ice Ice Baby to Go. That's what I thought he said. And my husband heard me. (laughs) He heard me. He turns it down. He goes, what did you just say? I said, ice, ice, baby to go. And he goes, what are you picking up a bag of ice in the drive-thru? It's ice, ice, baby, too cold. He's talking about ice. I said, no, that's not right. Of course, both boys in the backseat, mom, dad's right. So I don't believe anybody. I Google it. 
And sure enough, for 31 years, I've sang the lyrics wrong. I've sang Ice Ice Baby to go. And really, if you think about it, that makes zero sense. But what lyrics make sense? For 31 years, I had no idea what I was talking about. It's also the chorus. I should at least have that line, right? Ice Ice Baby, too cold is really what he's saying. Vanilla Ice. These are the times where I think I'm losing it. You should have seen the boys. And Greg's used to it. So he just kind of, you know, shakes his head like, oh my gosh, add it to the list. So that's number three on seven things you should know, but I didn't. Okay, we're going to move on to number four. And that is how to use freaking mace. I'm sure you can only imagine. I was a Butler student and I was driving back from Anderson where I lived, my hometown, to the college. This is before mobile phones. I may have had a bag phone. For whatever reason, if I had a mobile phone, I didn't have it there. I get off of the highway and I'm probably five minutes from the campus at Butler University. And as every father worries about, I pull up to a stoplight and there are three men in a beat up pickup truck that pull up next to me. And they are throwing coins at my car and they're bouncing off my window and bouncing off my door and they're trying to get my attention. And of course, as I was told always to do is, you know, look straight forward and don't engage. So I didn't. And they would follow too closely and then get in front of me. Then they start taking cans of whatever they were drinking, empty cans, and they're throwing them at my car. I didn't want them to know where I lived. And so I get to the campus and my first instinct after I think that I have lost them, my first impulse was I need to call my parents. 911 would have been nice, but instead I call my dad. And so I pull into the parking lot of Hinkle Fieldhouse, the legendary Hinkle Fieldhouse. And I find a payphone booth right there in the middle of the parking lot. And my dad answers the phone. Now, backing up, my parents had given me a thing of mace that goes on my keychain. It was in this maroon leather case. So I had that with me. I have it in my hand, ready to use should I need it. And my dad picks up the phone, says, hello. I tell him quickly what's going on. I said, I'm a nervous wreck. He said, do you have your mace? I said, yes, I have my mace. I'm going to test it right now. And I spray it just to make sure it's working because, you know, I had never used it. And this gust of wind comes out of nowhere and the mace blows back in my face. Uh Uh-oh. So now I've got my dad on the phone. I'm obviously panicked. I've got my handy mace that I've just sprayed myself with. So the next thing he hears from me is like, oh my gosh, dad, I can't see. (laughs) I can't see. The wind brought it back. It's in my eyes. I can't see. I mean, hot mess. (laughs) I can laugh about it now. I was freaking out at that time. So of course, my dad's advice was get in the car where you're safe and go drive to security. It's a great idea. I don't know why I didn't think of it, but it's a great idea. So I get back in the vehicle And I drive over to security. After a few minutes, my eyes were better and stuff. I explained the situation and they escorted me back to my residence. I got my car parked and I got in safely. And I don't know what happened to the three guys. They didn't appear again, but weird situation. I'm not kidding when I say the only time I've ever used mace or ever needed to use mace and the whole thing backfired. So not super effective, but also operator error, first to admit. So that is number four on the list of seven things you should know, but I didn't. And that is how to use mace, especially if you have a college kid living on their own, trying to find their independence. Apparently, you need to watch a tutorial on how to use your mace because spraying yourself kind of defeats the purpose. Okay, let's move on to number five. Number five made the list because most recently I messaged my sisters just in the last week 
And I explained to them that I had been invited to my dear friend's wedding. It's her second wedding. I have yet to RSVP, even though I know I'm going, but I've yet to RSVP for two because Greg informed me, my husband, he's a coach and he has uh, a varsity football game. He's not able to attend. And I was all bummed out because I thought, well, you know, it's a wedding. So you just missed the game. And apparently coaches don't do that, I guess. So (laughs) he's not missing. Um, So I am solo for this wedding and I don't want to go by myself. Now, first of all, I know people do that. I know people go. So the fifth thing on my list of seven things you should know, but I didn't, is that I could take a date. I was messaging my sister saying, how am I supposed to handle this? You know, you want to go and dance and have fun, but I can't take my husband. They thought it was a no-brainer. So the title of this one would be that married people go to weddings without their spouses and take other people. So my younger sister says, Deb, how do you think single people go to weddings? They take a date. I said, to me, that's different. If so, of course, I explained back. I said, who am I taking? I'm married. (laughs) And Kristen said, you take a girlfriend. I didn't know people do this. Because number one, if they don't know the person getting married, why would they want to go? So Kristen was explaining that, well, no, girlfriends go to weddings together. If you're, what if your spouse is a fireman or, or what if they're away on duty? I thought if I'm married and my husband can't go, then I just go by myself. And so my older sister said, no, your invite's for two people. So whether it's Greg or someone else, you're allowed to take a guest. Well, what's in it for them? I guess that's, that's the weird part for me. If I have to break it down, what's in it for the other person? Because I'm going to be honest, if you ask me to go to a wedding and I don't know the person outside of the cake, because I love cake, I don't want to go. In fact, my invite's due in a few days and I have to figure it out because I will not miss this wedding. So I need to figure it out. I mean, I think I might just ask her to put a chair at the cake table. (laughs) I'd be totally happy there. And then I get my obsession of my cake and I get to see my friend and I'll be happy. I I don't want to go by myself, but it seems weird to take someone else. So there you have it. That's my thing. I didn't know that married people take people other than their spouse's to a wedding. And that's number five on my list of seven things you should know. Apparently married people do this, but I didn't know. Number six on the list. And I was given permission to discuss this. I'm not allowed to share a name. There was a friend who invited me to a party and I was not able to go. I was judging a a queen pageant that weekend. And so I had to uh, decline. And so I gave my verbal decline and said, I'm not able to be there. I have this work commitment. She said, no problem. It's not like you're on the B list or anything. You're fine. And I said, oh, <laughs> like people still do a B list. Give me a break. And she said, I'm serious. My husband and I call our A list the island. And so she gives me more details. And she says that our A list is called the island because the island would be a list of people who we would not mind being stranded with on an island. But we have a B list. And I said, so our B list people, if you wouldn't mind being stranded with the A list um, on an island, who are the B list people? Why didn't they make the cut? And she said, well, you know, they're just people that you maybe see from time to time or on occasion. Maybe it's more of a coworker relationship. But here's my take on that. If I don't put you on my island, you just don't come. That's me. But they don't look at it that way. And so it was really interesting. I I actually had a whole conversation about people you wouldn't mind being stranded with on an island my list might be small. My island's probably really little. If four people on the island decline, do they move four people from the B list up? I'm guessing that's the way it works. But here's why that wouldn't work for me. 
works for some people, works for her, works for her husband. It wouldn't work for me because that requires two lists. That requires more organization. I'm very spontaneous, kind of off the cuff. I don't have time to mess with moving people from one list to another, juggling, you know, the island list and then the B list of people that I like enough, but not enough. I would just stick with one list. She said, in fact, her husband was nearby and he came over and was joining in on the conversation. And she said, oh, Deb was just asking me about the island and the B list. And he knew all about it. Starts explaining to me exactly how it works. And I'm mesmerized by the whole thing. I really thought the B list was just a phrase as a joke. So seven things you should know, but I didn't. The A list and the B list is a real thing. And now you're probably asking yourself, have I made the cut? Have I been on the B list before? And have I been moved up because someone couldn't make it? Maybe their kids had a soccer tournament. Makes you wonder. Although they were very, they were very kind about the whole thing. My friend that explained it to me had this, this look on her face like, I don't see what the problem is. This has worked perfectly for us over the years. And I thought it was really refreshing. It was just interesting because everybody does things differently. Yeah, I'm about to lose my island status, I think. <laughs> and if she's listening right now, you know who you are. Okay, are you ready for the last one? I'm saving the last one because I think it's the best one. And it's also been a huge problem throughout my life. Huge. Number seven on my list of seven things you should know, but I didn't. And that is how to hold on to your cell phone. Oh my gosh, this is a problem. I use it all the time and I'm always laying it down. This happens to my younger sister as well. If I look at a shirt, I lay it down next to the stack of shirts. I go to check out, I get to my car. I can't find it. I have to retrace my steps. It's a thing and it's annoying. So I'm with my two boys. I'm with Griffin and Hayden. We go to the grocery store. Where are my Aldi shoppers? You know, Aldi, I love for certain things. Aldi, I love for meats and certain items that I don't find anywhere else. But then there are some items I can't find at Aldi. So it kind of, you know, goes back and forth. But my boys and I wanted to go get these grilled shrimp skewers in the frozen food section. I hate to even say that because they're all going to be gone now. They're awesome. And you cook them on the grill for like 30 seconds each side. That's it. I have my phone. I have my keys. And I have a little wristlet that has my debit card and all of that stuff. We do our shopping. We're not there that long. 15, 20 minutes maybe. I went to get those things. And of course, while you're there, oh, let's get 20 others. We get to the car. We load the car up with our two simple bags of groceries. And I realize I have my wristlet. I have my car keys. And I felt something missing. And it's where you start grabbing the back of your pockets and you're looking like, where's my phone? Nowhere to be found. At this point, I start to freak. Remember that book that I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast? I wrote four to five chapters for that book last week and I haven't backed them up yet. All those hours gone. So I start to panic. And Hayden's like, mom, calm down. You're making a scene. I'm like, you don't understand. You know, I'm freaking out. And then Hayden says, mom, put your Apple ID in Griffin's phone it will send a signal and we'll be able to hear it. Thinking genius. So we do that. We're basically retracing every aisle that we went to. We check the grilled shrimp. We're standing in the baking aisle. And of course, they're laughing at me. The next thing I know, I hear that noise. I hear that obnoxious alarm. And I said, I hear it. You guys, I hear it. And Griffin goes, it's, it's coming from the front of the store. And so I look everywhere. I can't find it. Getting closer to it and closer, I find a lady standing over a cart with a mountain of groceries. I mean, piled high. And she's holding her cell phone, looking at it like, what is that noise? And so all I could think of was, it's somewhere in her cart. 
So I said as politely as I could, I think my phone is in your cart. My cart that we had our groceries in was already returned to the cart corral. And she said, it's on the bottom of all of these then. She goes, let's start digging. I don't want to start rummaging through her cart with my hands. And so I, I kind of stood back and I said, I feel bad touching your groceries. Sure enough, you know, after like eight frozen pizzas and she pulls back all of these groceries, it's at the very bottom of her cart. And I said, you don't understand. I have all this work on here. Thank you so much. We hug like we were two women who hadn't seen each other in eight years. We had a little bonding moment. Okay, all the way from the store to the car, the boys are imitating me. I'm sure I looked ridiculous. They will not stop imitating me. We had tears in our eyes at the hysterics of the whole thing. Listen to this. Where's my phone? Where's... <laughs> I hear it. I hear it. I think my phone's in there. Ma'am, ma'am, my phone's in here. My phone's in your card. I think my phone's in there. And then we got home and they had to reenact the entire thing all over again of me darting from one place to another, hearing the, the sound, the alarm, and, and then approaching her in sort of an abrupt way. But how else do you approach somebody and say, hey, my, my belongings are at the bottom of your cart. But I needed it. I didn't want her to roll out and leave. You know, never a dull moment in this household, usually because of myself. But hey, I will say, at least I'm never boring. It's never boring around here. There's always something going on. Some sort of entertaining drama, if you will. So that was number seven on the seven things you should know, but I didn't. Number seven being know how to hang on to your cell phone. There are times when I think number seven could be better if I could just be a little more structured. Unfortunately, that's not the way I'm wired. I'm just more fleeting, I guess, is the best way to spontaneous. And, you know, I'm just kind of like, it is what it is. I'm not a big planner. My sisters know that. They've already got fall break planned. They've already got spring break planned for next year. And I like to plan it a month out. I'm just because I don't want to commit that early. I don't like being tied down to things. And we all have heard of Florida Georgia Line. You know, being in country music, we do interviews and talk to them from time to time. And Florida Georgia Line was here in Indianapolis, out at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. They were doing a big concert and they travel all the time. And so we were talking about travel hacks and things you can do to get through airport security a little bit quicker. But just in general, what is their secret? And Brian Kelly started talking about organization. And this is what he said. I've I've taken notes from Tyler. He's super organized. And so I'm, I'm always trying to, you know, keep up with him. I think when I'm more organized, I think I function better. I'm more creative. I think I'm my temperament's better, so... Sure. We've always noted that about you. I don't know if you're ever in a bad you mood. You've seen us hungry. Oh, yeah. oh. Yeah, that's right. We get hungry, we're different people. Hangry, so, right? Yeah, Where's yeah. the food? Make sure you feed us. Can you say hi to all of your fans in Indy? Absolutely. We love y'all, Indy. Thanks Heck for yeah. being here and love uh, y'all. pumping our music. Good to see you. Tyler, hey, good to see you. So that's Brian Kelly, part of Florida Georgia Line, talking about organization and how it just makes for, you know, a better mindset. And I'm sure it does. It's just getting organized to begin with you know, it's not part of my makeup. So there you have it. Little bonus audio for you. Seven things you should know, but I didn't. Also from time to time on my podcast, I share a feature titled find your story. I'm a big believer that everybody has a story. I don't care what it is you do for a living, but you have a story. You have something that others are going to remember you for. I've always felt strongly about finding your story, but I didn't probably realize my own until my son went off to college. And if you missed that episode, go back and listen to episode one, Surviving Your Child Moving to College, where I talk more about it there. Oh, and I also promised an update, the weight machine. You know, in our front room, 
if you listen to the last episode where my husband has left it there for over three months, we moved it. We moved it from one corner of the room to another corner of the room. Same room, so it's still there. And with the help of my son, we scooted it from one end to another, hoping it wouldn't be as visible when people first walk in the front door. Isn't that great? Thank you for being here. Go get those free chapters of my book on Instagram at Deborah Honeycutt Media, and we'll talk to you soon. The name of the podcast, Deborah Honeycutt on three hours of sleep. Hope you have a great day. 